Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here, and I'm in Colville, Washington. We just finished the Sniper's Hide Cup with Carl Taylor, Clint Sharp, with the RTC up here, Rifleman's Team Challenge. Uh, we've been, God, how many years we've been doing this now, guys? Fourth, fourth or fifth? Yeah, fourth. We did 2015 was the first one because that was the first year we filmed for the TV show. Okay, so yeah, that was so that's six years. Six, yeah, almost six, six years, years up yeah. here, and we're um. Bunch of rumors going around that I was yanking this on you guys. All we're doing is changing the name, dude. It's gonna instead of the Sniper's Hide Cup, part of the RTC, it's gonna be the Sniper's Hide Challenge. Ooh, big changes. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> funny. People are saying, "So you're not gonna do this cup next year?" Uh, Frank's taken away. I'm like, "Well, it's Frank's match. He can do what he wants to do." But um, that that's up to him. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but all, it, all I could think of was, "Our one less match I got to help out with." Yeah, right. <laughs> and I and I kind of was like, "Well, if they need it, they can have it. If they don't, they can get rid of it. I don't know what they're gonna do." But Clint, yeah, hit him with the RTC. Give yeah, him the background. So, so the RTC Rifleman's Team Challenge. We started this five years ago, roughly. Uh, used to be we we did originally start it as the Western States Team Challenge. Uh, so Montana, Idaho, uh, Washington, Oregon. And then we decided to rebrand it to the Rifleman's Team Challenge because we wanted to make it a bigger venue and not just isolate it to the Western States. So uh, we've grown from six or seven matches. This is our, uh, again, fifth year. I think we got 12 matches or 13 on the schedule this year. So um, the, the fundamentals of the Rifleman's Team, Team Challenge is fundamentals of shooting. We, we do um, practical. I like to call it impractical, untactical, which is associated with some of the other shooting leagues, not to name names. Uh, and that's kind of why we started the RTC. We, we were tired of the games. We were tired of the BS. Uh, it was born from Carl's experience in the in the real world operating on the two-way range. Uh, and he's kind of been my mentor all along. So the three of us, actually, you, Frank, you were there. We flew yep. back to Denver. Yeah, we had that so meeting we, in yeah, the we hotel. Together and yeah. We just decided, hey, let's start it. So that's that's where we are. That's who we are. Carl can probably elaborate a little bit better on, on why we do what we do and what it's about. Yeah, well, years ago, I, I started Kettle Falls Steel Challenge because um, guys asked me to do a match, and I thought I was going to make it hard enough that I'd never want to come back and everybody wanted to come, come back. back so 15 years later here we are and uh, I just set it up doing team matches trying to do as many blind stages as we could so get away from the gamers and all the things where it's a flat rain match where we're out here and, and the people have shot it know those of you that don't there is barely any if any props out here you show up you shoot with the gear you have you find the windows um, you get However, you can prepped and yeah. and you go. Um, you bought all this equipment. You want to use it. No rules. And Frank, you even mentioned that this weekend <laughs> that you thought some of the confusion with some of the shooters was they're so used to being in a in a box, box. with rules, training scars. I notice. I, I mean, I look at a lot of things. I'm our own stages. I see every competitor come through, and I'm seeing these training scars. And what we did is we we give you a window. I mean, you can't. Through the trees, through trees, it's bushy. Through For the bush, that don't know where we're at. Right, we're in the we're in the hills up here in Washington, and it's natural terrain. You got to walk, you got to carry your gear. It's not. He, guy called it yesterday a man's match. Yeah, he said this is a man's match, and um, that's how he described it. And so, um, one of the things we noticed was people put themselves in a box, and really, we just said there's three targets in front of you. Find them, range them, engage them. Well, where do I go? Well, where you can shoot them. Well, can I move? Well, of course, because you got to be able to shoot all of them, and they all don't look through this one hole. And people had vapor lock. Yeah, they froze. 
because they did not know what to do. Now, you know, some people say, well, we're tripod heavy because number one, tripod's a tool we all spend a lot of money on. And the better tripods excel, you need these tools to work under these natural conditions because it's not altered. Right. And and so, uh, you know, that becomes a big part of the, and the other thing I want to talk about with this, with the RTC that you guys do that is unique is individuals shoot right alongside teams and it's separated because the stage is no different. All we right. do is change the time. Yep. So a guy comes up and, he, and you're shooting with a team. Yeah. Okay. Here's your brief. Targets are out there. You're going to have six minutes or five minutes and 30 seconds to do, you know, find it, range and engage it. Guy comes up, individual. Okay, you got three minutes, four minutes, whatever that stage part time is, and the individual shoots it by himself. And so we were able to run both ways. And so that to me is unique. Yeah, uh, you know, and the challenge when we first started doing that was how do we how do we score that? Well, the answer is easy. I mean, we use practice score for a lot of the matches, not all of them. I mean, S three, Bill Woods, and those guys. I think they're gonna finally make the switch next year to technology. Bill, if you're listening. Um, but but uh, all you do is you score the match for teams, and when the individual goes up gets to shoot, they only shoot half the bullets, so the rest are misses, mm-hmm. and everybody scored equally the same. And so that way you capture everybody, and you don't have to make it a big challenge. And God, what are our numbers do when we did that? We used to be all teams. Remember the car yeah, center was that yeah. way, and then or we were individuals starting with the car center, but uh, and now we have these individuals, and now we're getting 10, 15, sometimes twenty more shooters showing up to the match because they don't want to shoot as a team. Right. Or they may not have a partner, local, somebody they shoot with. We're not going to limit your ability to shoot the match. We'll make it work. Yes. And and, and it it really works well. Like you said, it's it's dealing with the conditions. It's walking up and down hills. I mean, and that was one of the things is, you know, guys trying to figure out how to do stages so they don't have to walk a hill twice. Dude, you got to walk a hill twice. Sorry. That's the way it works. Walk the damn hill twice. And, and, but I, I really enjoy this format and what's going on here. I, mean, I, I just dig it because, one, everybody gets to use their lasers. They spend thousands of dollars on their lasers and they get to use them. Right. And we find not all lasers are created equal. You know, your tripods. Everybody's spending 1500 and then down. You with know your... what's funny about tripods? So, gosh, it was, uh, I was shooting with Adam Rhodes and we won Sniper's Hide what, three years ago, I think. And I told, I told Carl before the match, I said, you can buy a win. And Carl said, no, and Carl was, you know, he wasn't completely disagreeing with me. But I said, look, you can buy win. If you spend enough money on the right gear and you learn how to use that gear, which is the most important, important part, part. Gear, you can win a match. Well, I was using a hog saddle forever because I refused to spend a thousand bucks on a tripod. I finally broke down. I didn't spend a grand, but I spent 700. Mm-hmm. And that year, uh, Adam Rhodes and I, like I said, we won the sniper side and the tripod was what won it for us. Right. Had I been using a hog saddle, there's absolutely no way we would have finished where we're at. Not saying the hog saddle is not a good product. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. But, it it but matters. Gear matters. When you're against gear the top. matters. But the yeah. bigger part of gear that people don't understand is you can spend all of your paycheck and all of your wife's paycheck trying to buy the right stuff or the stuff you think is right. But if you don't spend time behind it to learn yes. how to use it, it doesn't do you any good. Yeah, and then the big thing with that, like you're saying, is, is the fundamentals. Um, I'm here to tell you all of the years I've been doing what I have done over the years, I can't remember ever hardly ever being in the prone on a two-way range. Um, not that I'm some big deal or anything, but so this practical shooting we do up here, and I call it practical shooting, we've been doing it 15 years. I know the NRL has their, their hunting league, and I think that's great, but we've been doing the hunting style matches for over 15 years up here in the brush, in the woods, where all the animals live, 
and the guys a lot of the guys that come here i would say half the field that come here are tuning up for their next hunting season at least yeah yeah and we we gotta we, we i have to go back in time with carl because you guys listen on the podcast everyday sniper i do the training and the work with mark taylor and he <laughs> he talks you're gonna you know where i'm going yeah so he, he talks you know this is staff sergeant taylor on the podcast blah 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 well, years ago, before Mark Taylor reared his head again and he was hiding up in Alaska and nobody knew about him, everyone up here in the Northeast knew Carl Taylor. Northwest. Northwest. Northwest sorry, North, I'm Northeast. They're Northwest. Um, Northwest, my bad. So everybody knew Carl Taylor. But Carl Taylor was Sergeant Taylor as well, who ran a sniper section in the Marine Corps, but he was a West Coast guy, not an East Coast guy. So everybody yeah. used to come up to you. For years, guys would say, hey, I hear you're Frank Galley's platoon sergeant. And i look at him like, well, there, maybe there were some guys at the, when I was checking out that were checking in, and I don't remember everybody. And yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, I, I, but I don't, I don't know. And yeah, finally, Frank and I met, and we figured it out. And it was funny. It still is funny, because people still, every once in a while. Well, because a couple of times, you're like, never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple yeah. of times. And so people go, I knew he was lying. <laughs> I knew he was lying. How's <laughs> Frank Galley? Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, that's always been a big joke with me. With I play that joke on a lot of people. Uh, it comes from the, the movie The Dirty Dozen, um, when they have the guy going through the ranks, and he says he's from uh, yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Never, never heard of it. Yeah, Donald so Sutherland. I, yeah, I do that all the time with people. Hey, have you ever heard of somebody? Never heard of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that there was always this kind of funny thing going on. And it was Charles Lane that actually connected the dots first. Yes, uh, because Stu. It's from yeah, yeah. Stu Tactical. Yes, that's, and that's the one that started it with yes, me. Yes, yes. And Stu from Stu Tactical. Yeah, he was up here and all that. Red so, Man Tack, yep. Red Man Tack. And, and, Stu Sattler, right? Yes, yeah. Stu Sattler. And, and so yeah, so it was. It's kind of funny that we do all that, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm looking at this match, and I'm seeing guys with Gucci gear, 25 Charlies, and they're 10 percent shooters, man. They got Gucci equipment, so it. The thing is, is how you deploy it on the clock, how you know your heights, where you're going to set that up for success, because if you, if you have to change the height on your tripod three times, you're going to run out of time. And, and you still got to laser them and find them. And, I mean, and like Carl and Clint were saying, you're shooting through loopholes and trees and you got branches and you got things. And if your beam divergence is wrong, this stuff doesn't work. Well, you and, know what's funny is uh, today on a stage, that, I, that stage I was ROing, <coughs> excuse me, there was a, a shooter that, um, there was a shooter that came up and he literally spent, it was a four minute part time, he literally spent two, uh, two minutes and 20 seconds ranging. There was uh, three targets on the A part of the stage, and then there was two targets on the B part. Well, if you looked at the line, you could range target one and know that target two is within 25 meters of that. Mm -hmm. Why am I going to range it? I don't have to worry about that. I had dope at 400 yards. I had them within five meters of each other, and guys were ranging all of them. And it was like, dude, you really only have to range five targets on my nine-target stage, but they tried to range Range nine, 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 right? Yeah, so then he comes over to the B part of the stage, right, because it was a a two-part stage. And he ranged the stationary, the static on the mover, and then the mover. I'm like, dude, assume they're the same range. They're going to be close enough. I mean, the, the one target was 350 yards. Why would you even bother ranging that one? Because you're dope at that distance. you got a lot of latitude up and down if you're going to get a hit or miss. So I told him, I said, hey, I'm not trying to be a golf instructor. Or get you know, I don't want you to get mad for me telling you, but this is how I would have done it. I would have ranged target one, target three, and the static, and had ranged three out of the five targets, 
and called them good enough, and then I want to start shooting. You spent a lot of time ranging, and it ate your clock. Yep, and it eats a lot of people's clock. And to go with that as well, part of the RTC and part of why I like it up here is Carl's movers. Carl runs in-motion targets, which is the mover system that's used all over the world. And a lot of places have these targets and stuff. So, I mean, there was a year. What did we have, five or six mover stages yeah, one year? Yeah, first year we did. We had five or six movers, and I think we had the turn targets as well. Yep, and we had the 800-yard mover yeah. going up and down the hill. Up and so, down the hill, So yeah. it, it ran down the hill but walked we, up the hill. We don't need to talk about that one. Dude, that one rocks. That Brent, one, Brent Webley and I shot that stage. We got one point, and it was Brent, and I didn't even get to shoot it. Oh, man. So I get done. I'm telling Carl. I'm like, that was a bullshit stage. And Carl goes, are you telling me if that was a 400-class bull, you wouldn't have taken the shot? No, I would have snuck up on it. There's no way I would have taken that shot. Oh, we tanked that stage. I'm still mad about Carl. <laughs> yeah, snuck up on a bull that was down the canyon up the other side. Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean, there, there's a lot of fun that goes on and stuff, and we and we do multiple mover stages here, so you, you get a, a a good handle on how to how to do these movers, and and they're all kind of different. None of them really yeah. move the same. Uh, actually, the the uh, last stage of movers today, um, guys were pulling their hair out, can't figure out why their one point five mil wasn't working. What they can't see is that I put the mover at an angle. Um, the mover's still going at three miles an hour, but that distance forty-five degree angle's slowing your lead down. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I like about the RTC the most, I think, is that um, you know most of you guys know I don't shoot as much as I used to. I mean, I, I haven't shot a match in eight months, but I've I've been out helping admin, art, running my matches, etc. The one thing I like the most is all the match directors in the league I'm friends with, and when I see them for the first time, that's been a year since the last time they ran their match. If I go help them, is it's like long lost friends. And then when I RO at the match, it's even better. People go, why don't you shoot? Clay, want to shoot? I don't want to be stuck in a squad with six guys or eight teams or whatever all day long. I want to haggle everybody. all the shooters all day long. Yeah, yeah you get so to... I get to see all, everybody and everybody's friends in the RTC. We all know each other. The guys that have been shooting it from day one are still shooting it five years later. You know, we're growing a little bit, not as mm -hmm. fast as I'd like to see it grow, but we're getting bigger, especially with the sponsorship. Gosh, Leupold, Lil Jabarils, Um, I'm going to leave some folks out, and that's not intentional, so my apologies. I don't have a list in front of me. Uh, but we got seven or eight sponsors this year, whereas usually before we'd have one or two. Rifle sticks, in motion targets. There's yeah. four. Yeah. So I mean, there, there's a there's a lot of um, Nosler. Yes, Nosler's yeah. big. But I mean, you guys have a community up here, and then when you started to see minor fracturing within the community, that could happens. You had a sit down. Yeah. And you sure. basically pulled everybody in the room and said, "Okay, let's settle this right here." And then you know it was a reset and move forward. So you have people at this match that five years ago weren't invited up here right, right. and so you know there's the this is it's because they talk it's because they're open to hey where did where did this go left okay here was the fork in the road okay well what was that realistically really wasn't anything and it gets quashed because yeah. they sit in a room and they talk about it so well I mean, part of the problem is is that oh frank said this oh hey carl did you hear saying frank said that and then carl goes hey jim did you hear that carl the clint told me that carl's you know yeah yeah, yeah. and then, but if you don't if you don't get face to face and talk about yeah, it, yeah, it's never all game of telephone. Right. We live in this social media world where people say this, say that, and pretty soon it's blown out so far out of proportion. Instead of the old days, get in front of people, hashing out your disagreements, and then or even just picking up the telephone. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, you right. and I yeah. talked about a, a match that happened in Colorado a couple years ago. Yeah, where I was, I was completely under a complete different impression of what happened with that match and some associated years. I had no idea. Yeah, and you lied me out. I'm like, well, that's not. This is how I heard it four or five years later as I heard it. And you're like, no, that's BS. That's not what happened. I'm right. like, oh, I never knew. Yeah. I didn't spread rumors, but 
That's how the but everybody works. But it's in the atmosphere, yeah. and everybody yeah. pulls pieces down, yeah. and so that's how it swirls and gets kind of well, crazy. I think part of the problem is is you have shooters that are that are good. You know, the, the John Pinches, the Jake Fippert's, uh, Scott Satterly, uh, uh, Northwest shooters that I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Gardese. Nick, Nick and Jake, Jake man. Millard, oh, my God. 16, year old 16 and he's rocking it. Yeah, and they're great shooters. And I think that part of the problem is is that based on their success, other people are on, just automatically not like them. For well, no reason. They work up here. These guys yeah. practice. Yeah. These, oh. I, That's the deal. This dude, is their job. I asked Jake. Well, we were talking with Jake, right? Um, and it's like, hey, dude, how often do you practice? Yeah. And he was like, well, when I went to school, because he's out now, summer, and he's like, I did two days a week. He goes, now that I'm out of school, I'm doing four days a week of training. And that's what this kid's doing and why these kids are so good. Yeah. I mean, they don't have the training scars and, and like I said, competition scars now that I see. Um, and it's tough because gear only gets you so far. And, and, and you can buy a point to a certain extent yeah. with gear, Agreed. but then if you can't deploy it, it does you no good because they get tangled in it. They throw yeah. it away. Sure. They, they, they run out of time trying to fine-tune it and finesse it because they don't know the acceptable level of fudge. You know, it's like they think they have to be dead perfect level on this and do all that, and they're trying to set it up and where these other guys are just throwing it down and know their heights and drop in on it, and within a few seconds, they got shots yeah. off. Yeah, Wait. well, you, you know something else, though, going uh, back to uh, Jake Millard. That kid's doing a phenomenal job, but... What I see in the Pacific Northwest, and Frank, you can speak better on this, but I see it up here, uh, and I've seen it up here since back in the days when we had maybe three matches in, in the North Pacific Northwest, and when you were still down at Rifle Roman, mm -hmm. and uh, is adults bringing the junior shooters and mentoring them. Nick Gardizi has taken that to another level with Jake, and that kid... They're is, amazing shooters. They're amazing shooters, and, and Nick is out, like you're talking about the practice. I know Nick's spending 100-plus rounds a day I don't know how much dry firing he's doing, but we didn't use nobody used to do that back in the day when we used to. Right, they they say now they all they they all kind of kind of put their nose at us, the older guys, and they go, "Well, we're shooting better than you did." And we go, "You're investing time." We yeah, never we didn't. Did. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and they are leaps and bounds better than we were. Right. We didn't put the time they're putting in. Yeah. Not not even by it. Well, and the thing about Jake that I like is there's a lot of people that thought that Jake would ride Nick's coattails because Nick is a phenomenal shooter. And that Nick would shoot first and get the wind and tell Jake what to do. No. How many matches has Jake went and shot by himself and been right in the money. successful or in the money? Yeah, top yeah. ten. My stage He's was his own thing. was nine targets from like two eighty to eleven fifty. I had nine targets. They one had one shot, one, one shot seven. per, one shot per nine targets, and they were different areas. The bomb, the bomb, right to out to eleven fifty. Nick and Jake put on an absolute clinic and had a minute 30 left in their time. Nobody came near them. Their communication was perfect. They're not moving fast either. No. They're, dude, they were in slow motion. Yeah. And it's, it's they're just, they just, they know what they're going to do. They don't second guess themselves. They don't fight like a married couple. And they go there and, and it's like, I'm going left. You're going right. I'm arranging these targets and shooting them. You're going to shoot. And they do this and it was an absolute Awkward. clinic. That what they did today, they cleaned the stage that nobody else cleaned, wow. and, and it was amazing to watch what these guys are doing, and and that goes and I, I kind of want to back up a minute too because we had a lot of new shooters in this match, and they were a lot of them. Most of them I know of were shooting as individuals. Yeah. Right. And so guys from teams were coming up and supporting, and they're going, "Hey man, this is," and I know who's new and who's what. 
I, I put one of my students, I asked Clint, I said, Clint, uh, Dan here came to this, this uh, match. He's a student, was in Price, Utah, did a Colorado class with me, came straight to this match. Didn't know anything. I said, can you put him in a squad that can give him a hand? Absolutely, they put him. First stage, they walked him through everything, and he came in sixth in individuals. Yeah, I think that's been a hallmark of the Pacific Northwest. Well, We've always taken guys and helped them, and that's been the kind of our match genre, especially in RTC. We know who's who in the zoo, just like yep. you're talking about. Um, Jake Vibbert, Nick, and and Jake uh, Millard get no quarter. Right. Uh, but if you're a new shooter, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're coming up, especially the junior shooters, we give them that little extra time. If they go over the clock a little bit, eh, let them shoot. Let right. them continue. They're not in the money. Finish it out. And, and well, that's what they said. You know, He's like, hey, can I help spot for him and get him set up and show him what to do? So they'll have an individual alongside the new shooter coaching him yep. to go. Th and you know what? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Yep. Right. It's totally easy. And, and, and this, is a, this area, everybody supports each other yeah. really, really well. well. Back to the fundamentals of the RTC. The reason, one of the other reasons we started this is we were tired of the squad sport. And I don't care who you are, when you go out to these national matches, it's a squad sport. You don't see individual shooters going up, yeah, they're not getting wind calls on the clock and all that other stuff, but it's the, hey man, that guy. Hey man, what was your wind call? What was your wind call? I'm getting ready to shoot. What was your wind call? They're, but they're all over it. They're yeah. watching. They're, everybody yeah. still Absolutely. can see. Well, that was yeah. why we started the RTC, or one of the reasons was, hey, your win call is your partner. That's what you get. You don't get the team behind you or the team in front of you. You shoot your match. Blind stage. Yeah, blind you, stages, you blinded everything. You, it was it, great this yeah, week. And you learn that way. You get to call your win. <clears throat> um, but the other thing that is now we got individuals rolling in and new shooters. Who cares? Right. We're going to give them help. We'll, we'll not let them make it blind or we'll get up there. It'll be blind for them. They'll get up and shoot. But the team in front that already shot will get up and help them out or you know, get them on target. And as an RO, when I RO, I'll, I'll tell them, hey, especially on a mover. I'll give you your first three calls. If you miss your first three shots, I'm going to give you your first three calls and tell you where you're at. If you're a mile off, I'll keep going. But for the most part, that's what you get from me as a help. I'll try to get guide you on, increase your lead, decrease your lead, et cetera, whatever else. And that's that's the the fundamental of the RTC. The, the idea is bring more people into the sport. Well, and and, and Vibber said to me today, because I, I was doing, he saw me helping, um, might have been the Robbie uh, was new. And... We, and he goes, man, you're getting soft in your old age. And it's like, no, that's how this place is designed to function. Yeah, yeah. And it's not so much of me getting soft. I mean, I'm doing the same thing for everybody. But the new guys, I'm giving that extra quarter. Yep. Hey, man, one guy, time ran out. Hey, can I shoot the 1150? Yeah, sure, absolutely. man, shoot it. You're still there. You're, you're set up. You're ready to go. Yeah, go shoot the, the 1150. Pull yeah. the trigger. And, and, and I'm fine with that because it's not a big deal. You know, if it runs a little long, who cares? Where's everybody going? They got a two-day match. They're here Saturday night anyway. Right. We're all going to get out of here at the same time. Right. Oh, Saturday night was crazy, man. Inner Colville's nuts. <laughs> it's like, holy cow. We've got a lot of local talent that does, most people don't know about up here. Uh, yeah. Close to the Canadian border. It, it was so, it, uh, it was strange, man. When I when I, I we, we discovered Inner Colville this week, yeah. and it was it was a, a girls in neon pink tutus and guys dressed as wizards in the hey, bar. Hold, hold on. This, we just say San Francisco. Dude, that's what we saw. I know you had a connection flight <laughs> no. from Alaska. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like People like Jim Consler, the, the guys that I like to shoot with, because you say, hey, Jim, can you help out? Surge and, uh, and uh, Brett and George. You, you know. I mean, it was all over. Brent. Drive, help yeah, him yeah, grab Brent. the pickups, move the pickups around, and then that he I put that Matt kid in uh, uh, gym squad and said, hey, he's a new shooter. Can you help him out? You bet. Absolutely. Yeah. And everybody in the entire 
industry up here is like that, and that's that's what's good about it. It, it really, and and that's one of the reasons why I keep coming up here. And what's going? I mean, you don't hear me talk a lot about it, and that's that's on my bad and everything. And it's just a little bit of the burnt out factor we for know this that you year. You like us when you see us. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Don't decide that. We yeah, know. yeah. We don't know. I don't say nothing. I I text Carl. I said, "Hey, I'm in town." He was like, "What? Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frank's in town. I didn't Frank's say a word. Said, my wife. Said, everybody's asking me and. Frank's been busy. I've been busy. Life, you know, getting to yeah. I've got grandkids. Kids, grad, my youngest boy graduate, and we're all busy. And everybody's asking me, is Frank coming? Frank coming? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't texted him, and that's on me. And then I get a text. I'm in town. Holy shit. <laughs> I hear from Frank twice a year. Yeah. October, when I say, hey, does this weekend work for your match? And in June, when we have the match. And I show yeah. up. And you there show up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it, it, and, and I always plan it and book it. And, and I had said to you guys in the past, I'm like, man, June's really tough for me. My schedule's crazy, but I make it work. I'll yeah. come in and pop in. I don't get to do as much as I'd like to do, but I come in RO and, and I fill in when I need to. And then a couple times I shot with the kids. I yeah, brought Mary yeah. Beth out oh, here. Absolutely. That was great. Uh, that was right. fun. I shot with uh, Tr- uh, Trigvi there and um, Sawa, and they won top, him and his dad won top tactical team. Yeah, yeah. what's Trig? 14. Yeah. 14. Yeah, I shot with him when he was 12, I yeah. think. Yeah. And, and and so I you know, when I come and shoot the match, I've shot with kids. We had the Idaho junior shooters here for many years at many years. Uh, the yeah. only reason we couldn't this year and the last year because somebody scheduled for Father's Day not to throw anybody under the All right, so just so anybody listening, I scheduled a match Father's Day weekend two years in a row and that's not gonna happen next year. So we'll fix it. But Frank that. approved it, so it's I, Frank's fault. Because I don't look at the calendar either. I don't either. And then it all of a sudden it's upon me and I'm like, Oh crap. But it is what it is. And yeah. We had a good turnout for, and the Canadian shooters love to come down and. And they can't because the borders closed. Oh, we usually have four, we usually have forty fifty yeah. Canadians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, we, and we the borders closed. We miss down. you guys, a Harley and all them. And yeah, yeah. Steve, little tink tink up there with his three hundred eight. But he always changed caliber though. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, but all those guys. Yeah, this sucks. They shoot even the car center. I was down twenty shooters this year. Yeah, just yeah. because of Canadians. Yep. And and oh, I gotta say something. Somebody sent me a message. Thanks for dough. Who? Trudeau. That's her. Oh, Trudeau. Yeah, yeah that yeah. guy. He's crazy. Um, but I got to say something real quick. I got pinged, man. Ryan. Ryan. I got to talk to Ryan out there. And you'll know who you are, Ryan, because you got a problem with your pistol. How come you can't shoot your handgun, dude? You need to do better. I mean, I don't want to get messages from your buddies and saying Ryan's all into Frank and listening to podcasts and then the dude can't shoot. It's like, dude, what's up with that? You better practice more. We're talking about dry firing. We're talking about fundamentals. Ryan, get it together, dude. You know, the whole reason we do the pistol out here at this match and uh, that Frank's been putting on a little bit is I'm not a big pistol fan. However, I I can master the fundamentals with the pistol because the whole reason for a pistol is to fight your way to another damn rifle. Right. So Make noise till I get to my gun. You better be <laughs> on that pistol. And we do pistol stages. I mean, red dots are cool, and they're, they're practical pistol. You know what I mean? It's fighting either... You're, you, you've shot your rifle and now somebody's in close and you got to fight with the pistol or you got to fight with your pistol to get to the rifle and it's small what six rounds and yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be crazy you're putting a threat down so we don't just have one we don't just have one, <laughs> we have one we had a 50. Here. how did that go how did the 50 i never heard any bitching no 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 so so uh john pants jake and john are shooting stage uh one yesterday right pistol stage mm-hmm. so john gets done shooting he misses one target cleans it but one shot and then uh, Jim Consul standing there, and Jim looks at him and goes, John, he goes, 
I think I lost more respect for you for shooting a red dot on a 22 Ruger 2245 <laughs> than I do for missing that target. Yeah. So that was it. You know, everybody gave John crap after that. There's a lot of 22s Dude. with red dots. You're like, are you kidding me? Dude, I, I was yeah. funny because I heard, when I first heard the 22, I, I when I jumped into RO. Hey, is my daughter here? Yeah, yeah. I said, hey, is my daughter here? I hear 22. <laughs> so that was good, man. But we, yeah, we put pistol in the stages. We, we don't, don't care what pistol you shoot. No, no. It just That's dude, fine. all you're doing is touching steel. Well, the nice thing is, there's some matches that put pistol in. It's it's one stage. You carry pistol and ammo around oh. all match one stage, or it's a stage gun, which I really enjoy. Not uh, that that was directed at me. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, drop guns. Nobody ever likes drop guns, though. You know the but drop, and I get it. You get it for free and this and that, but then it adds to your score or not. Eh, it's just a pet peeve of mine, and I get I'll get over it someday, and it don't matter. But I'm gonna do it forever and ever. He I will ever cause it because it irritates me, and, and he mm, knows it. Yeah. So, but every other stage, almost up here, um, it, it's well, handgun. It really is every other stage. Yeah. So you're not carrying around and adding weight to your kit just to carry it. Uh, you're getting to use it and that kind of thing. So, and get points that can sway us. It and can and it has. It yeah. has. Yeah. Handgun can sway it. So, so one thing I don't think we've touched on yet, which probably is fundamental for every single match, is ROs, right? We got so oh, far. Oh yeah, you match, got the best ROs up here. God, we got a. We, I mean, we have a following. Correct? Yes. Where there was three new guys that came out this week, and they're like, "Wow, mm -hmm. we really want to get involved." And so you know, we take them under their wings. I didn't plan on ROing. I'm just the admin bitch. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to RO, but hey, you know, we were short ROs. I'll jump in. You know, so well, I you, sat my I mean, ass out. There was there was not to get because the people, but there was a tragedy up here with the RO crew, and and so that's uh, to yeah. understandable why they're short this year. And, and that's, it was just a sad, and everybody was really upset about what happened in the hurt. Um, but the RO people that they have in this area are really, really good. And, and they do a great job. They understand what people are doing. Most of them are shooters. And, and so, the, the, um, you know, your RO crew is strong. Yeah, we have a, a good RO crew. Um, Dallas and Samantha Crape have always been phenomenal supporting the matches and everything. And, and they've went through, you know, a bit of, of travesty in, in the last year. So, you know, they're getting their things straight and doing what they need to do. And we're all supportive of them. But they have put... Dallas is amazing. With the yeah, pig roasting and... Both of them. They, they put a yes. good RO crew together that has lasted us over the years. Half the guys here are based on that now. And we got some new guys here. They were wanting to learn. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's face it. We got to train up the new RO crew once in a while. And being Father's Day... Uh, it kind of takes away from the uh, RO crews because their wives are making yeah, yeah. them uh, do other things that they wouldn't normally want to do. But hey, I'm a father. You don't hear me complaining. No, I, I <laughs> well, my wife that. actually. Yeah. Oh, you want to spend more time with Frank and Carl and do a podcast? You want to come home on Father's Day and spend time with your family? No, babe, that's not it. This is when <laughs> I'm not going to Colorado to do a podcast with Frank. Right there, it is. Yeah. No, it's it's, and we'll make it short so he can get on the road. But no, I like I said, this is this has been a fun time. One thing I want to talk about that I mean, I was just had big conversations before we get, we get out of here and let everybody go. I see a huge disparity, man, in these shooters that has to be acknowledged because you get kind of a, a, a weird third that wants to complain a little bit. Yeah. But when you look at what's really going on, these guys are so good, and you're shooting alongside national top level shooters. And then you got, I mean, it's everything from, you know, the 70% crowd down to the 10% crowd. Hit rate. Yeah, hit rate. And, and, and it's tough to balance that between the people. You have to recognize your limits. And one of the things I've been talking about is maybe putting together target packages. And it's something I'm going to explore how to balance that to challenge 
you know, the, the challenge is for, you know, Jake and John to go against Nick and Jake. You know what I mean? So they're fighting in, in Surge and George, too. Surge, Surge and, and George. Piper. Surge, right. uh, and, Piper. Yeah, Curse and Piper, right. I mean, these guys are battling, you know, stage to stage. They're trading points. And so you have to keep those guys challenged. Enter, yeah, challenged, entertained, for lack of a better word, and not make it so hard that the newer guys, the newer guys are missing everything. Yeah. yeah, and so we're, we're really looking at that. In places like this, they'll change. You guys are flexible to change. If there's no, hey, we can't do that. That's not no, how this works. No. If I called you up and said, hey, man, I want this target and this target on a thing, yeah, it would be there. Yeah, and we have done that. Yeah. Um, and you come up and you're like, hey, can you change this? Yeah, no problem. Uh, own a target company. We can change target sizes out any time we need to do it. And, right. And uh, I'm happy to do it. Uh, you're, you're around more of the uh, shooters than I am even though we're doing the, the same two thing three matches did, yeah you're around the nationwide doing your classes and things I'm doing classes on the other side of things uh, where it's more a specific uh, a deal but their target package is different than the ours. target absolutely and their their whole mindset's different now, that's a whole nother game but I'm good to morph with the changes that we need to morph with to grow the sport make it challenging for everybody across the yeah. board um, Dude, look at one of the hardest stages we didn't shoot this time, but when you shoot off a Charlie into the trees going straight out, right. you have a full-size Ipsic, and it's the hardest stage right. against the stump because it's like a guy leaning against the stump shooting. Oh, out on the knob. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, 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 le- it's like 450 yards. Yeah. And it's a full-size Ipsic. And Related. Or angled, I should say. Angled a little bit. It's it's uh, camouflaged a little bit. And our good friend uh, that has a little bit of... Um, trouble with his uh, color mm-hmm. you know they he's, he's, yeah. he's colorblind i got an orange mark around tree and it's so many mills to the left so many mills down and if you just hold your mills well he can't find the damn orange mark on the tree mm-hmm. um and, but even when people know they're missing that 100 percent ipsic at 400 yards right because it's camouflaged and hidden and it's it's put it has natural terrain it's set up like a person would set up because yeah. let's face it nobody's going to stand out in an open field full center on and say, yeah on horizon and say look here i am i, I want to go back and touch on one thing you you brought up about how do you make it um good for the shooter the new shooters and the experienced shooters there i think there's a there's one thing that i've come to learn and i think and everybody i hope knows this is that i know that i haven't shot a match in, in a long time I really there's a match coming up that I want to go shoot at. I hope I can make it. I know that I'm probably not going to do very good because I don't practice and I haven't shot competitively right. for a little while. But I'm still going to go. But if I get mad because I shot like crap, whose fault is it? Exactly. It's mine. So if I'm a new shooter just getting into this sport and you're going to compare yourself to the Nick Gadarzys and Jake Vipperts and Millards and, mm-hmm. and those guys, you can't. Unless, unless you're you put in the time. Right. You know, yeah, and then that, that goes back to gear too, right? We were talking right. about that a little bit ago. It's good to have great gear. In fact, you need it to be successful. If your gear is crappy, you're only going to be as good as your crappy gear is going to allow you to be. Right. So spend the money, get the extra gear that you need, but make sure you work with that gear. Don't just throw it in your bag because, like me, I got a tack table. I've used that thing three times in my entire life. And if I have to pull that damn thing out and use it, it's the most miserable football <laughs> that you've ever seen in your life. Monkey on a football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's my fault because I don't practice with it. It's a piece of gear that I bought that I don't use. And, and that, However, there are guys that use that thing. And, oh, man, religiously. And yeah. they're awesome with Dude, it. Dude, a lot of tables. There was a lot of guys that were you know, working off of tables and bags and not clipping into tripods because maybe the tripod above the legs is not as stable as they want. They had a ball head or something that didn't work out as well. Um, your your pal Garrett had that problem. We yeah. pulled his ball head yeah. off because yeah. it broke on him. 
and he ended up putting Long his yeah and put his bag on and and so you know they they find the limitations of their gear because they're using it and then you have to be able to adapt to the situation and, and on the fly there's another point to that though too and i've told these guys and clint will know when he hears me say this i told him when i first met him and matt years ago 2012? and yeah they're talking about gear and and things and and they asked me what do you think about this what do you think about that and my comment to them was buy once cry once right get the good stuff save up for it don't buy the nickel and dime stuff that pretty soon you've got 15 of them and if you would have saved that money you would have had the good stuff first mm-hmm. and, and, and the used market there's so much used oh, stuff out way. there well and you don't need to go buy a brand new 1500 tripod i guarantee you somebody's selling that exact same thing on sniper side for half the money exactly and and you know with the we make people walk here and we've yeah. had bitches in the past and one year i saw a competitor who had continuously complained about the amount of walking we do we dropped them in an upper field they brought their pov vehicles to an upper field get out they had to walk through the woods come up the trail and then up and down this hillside if i mean if you depending on what squad you were in Oh, that year, you possibly put in eight miles. Yes. Was that the swamp year? Yeah, the swamp year, eight miles. So one guy, one guy's complaining. And the following year, we were doing the brief and everything, and you had a trailer out here, and he was sitting on the trailer with his pack. He had a Everly stock operator, like the big giant one, completely full. full. Yeah. And I was like, dude, that's why you're having a hard time. Why are you carrying so much? Yeah. No, oh, he was... Used to pack like we did when we were kids yeah. going on missions. Yeah, Matt, Matt was horrible. Matt, Beth, car center, yeah. was horrible. I love the guy to death. God, God bless his soul. Got rest in peace. He had when we would go elk hunting. He had this like fourth day hunting. We were just day tripping. Four thousand cubic inch pack, and it had to be stuffed to the gills because he didn't like stuff flopping around in his pack. So there was so much crap. Yep. In there. It was like he was stuffed sweatshirts just to fill the voids. That but poor dude, man had a park. fifth marine mentality. They pack heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think when when I ran, uh, ran it with the uh, kids, I'm running a 2200 friggin' cubic pack, man. I and it holds my tripod, my laser, and that's all I need. It's tiny. Don't I, you... I use a three day assault pack. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's too big. It, and that's kind of weird. Well, but... on that, you know, I go out and hunt, and I have a pack now. When I was a kid, I had a belt with 20 rounds and my rifle, and that was it. And sometimes now that I'm getting older and hate the gear being so heavy, thinking, why do I have this pack? Why? Yeah, yeah. We're roll no. just a fanny pack. And what I really need, yeah. <laughs> and a tripod now because I'm old again. No, I really, I really appreciate it up here. I, I, I love it. Like I said, we're just gonna change the name to the Sniper's Hide Challenge. We're gonna let the cup become standalone experimental. It's just gonna be a test bed, a laboratory. Let me play around and, the cup and is. yeah, the yeah, cup. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's just all it comes down to is I want the cup name. And nothing else, and and that's really what, what what I was talking about in those previous podcasts for people who kind of misunderstood um, what I was saying. You know, I didn't know what you guys were feeling because I knew you had a crush of matches that were one after the other, and wasn't sure where where you stood, and, and was going to leave it up to you what you wanted to do with it. But at the same time, we all love this. Everybody comes. We have a good time. So there's no yeah, real reason know, to change anything. Part, part of the problem is, right, spring hits, yes. camping, fishing, kids, whatever. And they then had a Bigfoot like, festival here. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, crap, Sniper's <laughs> Hides next weekend. I just want to stay home. And then you get up here and you're like, oh, this was great. Yeah, we had a lot a good of compliments time. from the, R, the shooters, the ROs. Were, you know, the, 
Even the new ROs, nobody haggled them. Everybody got along. Mm-hmm. It was a great time. So they tried to bully me on once. I thought it was pretty well, funny. You're like five foot two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally, you can sit on a curb and swing your feet. Who's yeah. not gonna bully you? Yeah. He's, he's half an inch from being part of the map. And for the people out there that don't know, <laughs> that's, that's the midget assault force. You little people out there, there's no, no disparaging thing for you. We want you guys to be in the military with us. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. Hey, so one, one more plug. I know we're fixing, fishing, fixing yeah. to wrap up. Yeah, here. we're so, gonna wrap up the tot here. So you know, uh, we had no AC. We turned the, yeah, the AC off. Off the trailer, it's a freaking hot box. Um, Chuck McIntosh out at the Wyoming Tactical yes. Rifle Championship. So we're starting to spread east Wet. a little east, bit. Yes. Yeah, and so you know, if there's match directors out there, if you guys are listening to this and you guys want to get involved, uh, C Taylor at In Motion Targets, uh, C Sharp at Rifle Sticks, send us an email. We'll um, we'll be glad to entertain the idea of putting a match on. We're actually talking about splitting the the RTC to east and west because we got a big following in Montana. But these guys, you know, there's more matches here. Mm-hmm. Well, Montana's really picking up. Yeah, they're they're putting a lot of yeah, matches on now, so I can't Yeah, that. that Pete Howell doing with the S3 stuff yeah, is Peter getting a Bill. lot of good. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. Yeah. That's a big match. People right. love it. Yep. So we're talking about doing an East and West RTC for next year. We'll see how it goes with the matches we get. And then you can compete in your region. And then it gives us the opportunity of we're not going to host a championship in Washington every year. We'll alternate. That way they get to go to the championship over there and not have to drive eight or ten or twelve. Every time. Right. Every time. Yeah. So that's the yeah, we're we're playing with some ideas for next year. So we got some things on And the and again, that's that's a huge thing is your flexibility. Yeah. You're you're not afraid to shift directions on the fly within reason. Yeah, and, not only that, we'll support the match with targets. Uh also I know speaking for myself and then I'll make Clint come with me. Um we'll come out and help run the match, <laughs> yeah. RO it, get your feet yeah. wet. Just like I did when he first broke into the match, and, and I'm match director. And the first year we did the yep. car setter, I went out, helped him set up for stage, giving them this and that. And, and, and Clint's, a, uh, Clint's a smart guy. And he's like, you coming to help me this year? I said, set up targets. You design the stage. Training wheels are off. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the the the, um, the car setter, you could just talk about That's a pretty well-known, famous match. Great it's been match. going on yeah. a long time. Uh, and um, Eight years was this No, nine years was this year. We had 25 shooters the first year. Uh, COVID hit, but our but highest a, year was right before COVID. Give him the background on that because there's a meaning yeah. to the Karstetter. Yeah, yeah. So Matt Karstetter was a, a fifth Marine, yeah. uh, was killed in 2012, uh, was a lineman for Bonneville Power, fell off a tower. So my best friend was probably closer to me than my brothers. Uh, so after he passed away, his wife was seven, month, yeah, seven months pregnant with their first child. Uh, and so she she delivered in December. Matt had been gone for three months. And so the idea was the Karstetter Memorial. And what we've done is, is we, we actually do a couple of unique things there. So number one is, um, the idea is uh, we don't award price table first to worst. It's 100% random. And then back to the ROs. Uh, well, let me back up. The the match is a nonprofit. It's a charity match. I'm not a 503CB whatever DNA. Yeah, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, but what we do is we take my goal is 2500 bucks a year. That goes in a scholarship fund for the kids. He's got a stepdaughter that's 20 or 21 now. And his son is eight. He'll be nine in December. And so that money is set aside for the kids. So... So my goal is twenty five hundred bucks. I don't care if I bring in thirty thousand dollars. Twenty five hundred is the goal. Anything over and above that is a bonus. But we put a lot of money back into the match, and in doing that, we buy a lot of prize table stuff. We get a huge industry support and following. So if you sponsor the match, thank you guys. Can't even begin to name the names for that. Um, but the ROs are it's one hundred percent random for the shooters. And when I call Squad One, the ROs from Squad One get to go up those shooters and draw from the prize table. So. Um, it's turned into a really big following, and it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. I love it. I'll, I'll never stop doing it if I don't have to. So yeah. hopefully that land doesn't come out of CRP. We got about twenty five thousand acres up there, and that's shout out to Drager Farms. There oh, you go. I'm the just Draegers kidding. Are... We don't actually get in the CRP, but there's some CRP around it that's going to impact us. The Dragers are incredible. That whole Wilbur Wilbur Mafia. Mafia. The whole Wilbur Mafia. Let me give you an example. I break down 
uh, I blow a part on my engine. In 30 minutes, they're there with a flatbed trailer. Pull my Dodge 2500 diesel onto it. Pull it into a shop. Tell me not even to come in the morning. They'll have it done by 10. It's after hours. They have parts. I'm sure they have a great account at the parts store. <laughs> but it, it's just incredible support that those guys give from us, and they don't bat an eye. I went down there to help fix the rig, and they're like, what are you doing here? You need to be helped setting them up to match. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, look okay. At, look at uh, Dale. Dale shoots the match every year. Comes yeah, out. Sure Dean does. Dean flies his freaking super Piper Cub. Whatever. And lands. Plane, lands <laughs> right on the range. I mean, they mowed a path with a tractor and a mower. Hey, you want to ride? I'm like, yeah. I've never flown in one. Jump in. I'm claustrophobic in the back seat of this thing, freaking out. I was 225 then. I'm a little lighter now. So I'm this fat kid in a little coat in the back of this plane, starting to Dean or uh, Dean. You know, hey, calm down. You're good, dude. We're just gonna fly a plane. You're good, man. Stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just my knees are in my chest, and we he picked me up, flew around. There were a couple other people who just jump in the plane. I'll give you a ride. And yeah, that's the landlords. Just, that's their mentality. All of them are like that. The, the whole Wilbur Ty Mafia, Jay, that whole Jay, community Jay, is that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin they're Kaufman, great. All those guys. Yeah, Matt. Matt Drager. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, and all the other cousins and kids, yep. and they're just uh, Haven, All those guys. All of them. Every yeah, one of them. I mean, it's, it's like I said, the community up here is real strong. It's it's kind of why there's a. I was wondering, like, you know, put the finger on it because there's always like a conflict with the southeast with you guys. And, and I don't know anybody from that. No, but you guys don't. But there's always when because you guys do really well, you shoot well. Then you when you travel down to the southeast, you tend to do well, and then it turns into drama because you guys are so tight in the community. And I think there's a little bit of jealousy on how that this place operates up in the northwest. Well, I think it's due to the testament of, all, of the people themselves, but. We have the terrain to shoot up there. Wind is always changing on us. We're having to learn environmentals round more, and round. It changed more every sore. round here. Yeah, every from morning to evening here, we get a drastic DA change because uh, we're forty degrees in the morning and midday we're what well, we're about ninety. Yeah, almost so ninety. If you're not today. checking your DA cards, well, it's hot and sultry down south, and you got a lot of trees around, so you're shooting down lanes. The Guy came from the East Coast, um, when was it, a couple years ago, mm -hmm. and he's, he said, I do well down in the, in the southeast, but the wind destroyed me up here. I don't get how y'all well, do so well. we were shooting into the field this time instead of into the woods. We shot from the woods into to the, the field. field. So now it's rolling fields that are on top of these ridges coming off of the river back there, and it, it could be in a wind shadow could be increasing yep. and you can't read it all as well as you think so you have to understand what you're looking at terrain and wind mm. water and rocks yes and and exactly and and so that was why i wanted the stage that i did and we set that up together the bomb stage one round per because that's kind of a west coast thing yeah. is a one round per kind of deal under these tricky ass conditions you have to call it right. We call them the hoodoos. Yeah, the hoodoos. It's not the 10 mile an hour wind that's going to kick your butt up here. No, it's a two three. Three mile an hour because it's doing this switchy, windy stuff and you can't see it. Yeah. Oh, there's no wind out there. I'm going to hold center. You miss half of a right at 500 yeah, yards. Yeah, a common, tail up, or common term up here is fishtailing. Yeah. Like a fish in the water, it, that wind is... It swirls, it comes yeah. in. You can't read it from where you are all the you time. Know, you know what's funny was on my stage today, mover, 350 yards. And you could see there was aspens in front of the mover. Quaking. You know, it was in the gap. And they were boiling. I mean, they were just... But it wasn't doing anything from us to the aspens because they were down that low spot. So everybody's doping that mover off what the aspens are doing. Well, the, the, the mover's at the aspens where the wind is. Mm -hmm. There was no wind where we were. And, and, and they were mine just, was a wind yep, shadow yep, as well. Yep. So half my targets were in a wind shadow. Dudes were holding wind and missing where they held. Yeah. And yeah. then... Like, there's no way. There's exactly. zero wind out there. I don't know what's going... There's it, no way it's zero it wind. Blow, and, 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 and on the horizon... 
the mirage was cranking across. We had like a 10, 12 yeah. at one point during the day. Yeah, yeah. And then it, but it, there were, there was still no wind on the targets yeah. because they're on this side of the hill. Yep. And so you're kind of cutting under the wind. Right. And, and so it was, it was a third of the hold that the numbers said it should have been. Yeah. And so you'll see guys how to adjust on the fly. I tell you what, when Nick and um, Jake Nick. ran that stage, Every in in one Nick went left when the wind was coming from the right, yep. which he was smart to do. And every single uh, shot was a different wind call. And he and Nick was in there freaking looking at it, going, "Hold the tent over here. Hold two tents on this one. No, now we're up over here. Hold three tents up on you know." And and they're all looking at this for these. I mean, he cleaned the stage. Yeah. And the winds were tricky, and it was those tricky little three mile an hour winds he's talking about change wise. That is just, just enough, enough to throw you off the plate, and if you miss if you miss the change, you're gonna miss the shot. And like, and he, like I said, he put on a clinic to include his wind calls. Right. Yeah. When I've got groups in here training, and I'm calling wind for somebody, I'm constantly updating. And Clint's heard me do this before. As I'm on the scope, I'm change. just I'm lightly talking. Yeah, half minute left, half minute or half half mil left, half mil left, point three left, point three left. One mil right, mm-hmm. one, and I just keep doing that. And so it keeps the shooter engaged with the wind call, and he can concentrate on the target. Yeah, uh, it's that switchy all the time. I got to give Carl credit for my win. I, I I don't know if I could do it right now, but you know, back when I was shooting in the heyday, Adam and I came up here. Adam Rhodes when we won, we seventeen for eighteen on the long range stages. Everything was a thousand and fifty and beyond. One was up to thirteen fifty, and we missed one, and that was because Carl's tutelage. Yep. Of of doping the wind, and I went first every time. I told Adam, hey. I'm going to hold point six left at 13.50. Bing! And then I missed the second shot because I was in a hurry. I didn't want to change. Yanked the trigger, missed off left edge. I'm left-handed. Yeah. And then third shot, I rallied, and then Adam cleaned it. So, so it, you know, and that was Carl's tutelage. You used to go up in your classes. You'd teach wind classes, and you'd yeah. throw smoke grenades yeah. in the canyons just so the shooters could see what the wind's doing in these draws and these canyons and these goalies. And it, it was it was helpful. And the, the, one of the last shooters, because the wind kind of was playing that up and down, you know, and, and it had been blowing around all day today. And he was like, oh, my God, I hit 11.50 with, like, 0.2 wind. And and it was, you know. Dumbfounding to yeah. it, right? And because almost everybody was like, 11.50, let's hold a mil. 11, you know, let's hold 1.2. You know, they were all. Well, they're used to flat ranges. Yeah, yeah. And so when they had to only hold 0.2 because it was in a wind shadow, it was like a maze to them. You know, it was like, how could it be that? I know the wind's stronger than that. Yeah. And so. All right, uh, we're going to wrap it up. It's getting hot, and we're all that. I want to thank these guys for putting on a great match. We had a good time. This was a man's match for dang sure. Um, you, you had to work to, to, to get these points that these guys got. I want to thank all the competitors that were out there. Great time. Uh, blast with everybody. We had a phenomenal time uh, shooting with them. Uh, Clinton, Carl, RTC, and everybody for putting us on. Your ROs. Uh, ROs are amazing. Bill all the time coming out yeah. here. Brent stepping yeah, right yeah. in. Hey, you need me to RO? Boom, yeah. I'm in. Got Bill Blands at every match. Everything. Doesn't Bill. even bat an eye. No. no, he does not. I tell you what, uh, that guy has been here, like you said, every match. If he's not shooting, he's ROing. Anytime I need an RO, even short notice, Bill, how can you help me out? And and then so, when you draw his name on the prize table, now nah, I give it to somebody else, I'm going to go home. Yep, he, and he does. He wants to see those junior shooters, guys that don't have gear, Get the gear. Mm-hmm. And he'll tell you exactly, I got all that crap. I don't need any of that stuff. I got everything I need. Give yeah, me somebody absolutely. Else. Great guy. And he is actually the butt of most of the competitors because they call him the range Nazi. However, that man is so consistent. 
Um, he holds a line. He holds the line. You get no favor except for the junior shooters. He'll let them get a little ahead. I, mm-hmm. You know what's funny is every time I roll up to Bill's stage when I'm shooting, I'm like, oh, it's Bill. Bill's going to take care of me. Uh-uh. No. No, nope. not at all. No. No. As soon as that time starts, I'm Joe Nobody. It doesn't matter who yeah, I am. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I was talking to Bill today before he left. I was hoping he'd stay around before I could come down here. But I told him, man, you're the most consistent RO I've ever had in 15 years. And not only that, I'm sorry I don't come around and visit you more, but I don't have to. Right. So, great dude. He is a really good guy. Um, so, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks Thank for you, Frank. Thanks Thank for you having guys. us, Frank. Yeah, this was awesome. Guys, so. um, great time. We're, we're going to do it again, always. Man, it's just so much fun to be up here with everybody and, and, and see them all. And, and everybody's just so nice. And, you know, the, between the podcast and the videos and the Sniper's Hide, I mean, they're all super great people. Uh, so, thank all them. And we'll talk to you soon. We are out. Later, Frank. Later.